every morning I knock on a door and if the door doesn't open, I knock on the next door. And if that door doesn't open, I knock on the next door and it might be a door that's been closed for 15 years, but it opens and that's the direction I go. Hello, and thank you for listening. This is the Benchmark Podcast, where each week we create breakthroughs in the creative lives and businesses of our guests, who are artists, creatives, and small business owners. This week, my guest is Quinn Peterson, a creator, designer, business owner, and more based in Provo, Utah. Someone I've looked up to for a long, long time and am very excited to have on the show. In today's episode, we talk about how to adapt when your business is changed by external forces, how to track the results of different actions you can take to improve your business, and I attempt to get Quinn a breakthrough on what he can focus on in his business to get the thing he really wants, which is probably not what you're expecting. This is typically where you'd hear a sponsor message, but since this is a podcast to help promote the Benchmark app, I'll just tell you to go check out the free training that we have for you at benchmark.app. That's B-N-C-H-M-R-K.app. And learn more about this tool we've built to help people get control over the results of their businesses. Welcome everybody to this today's episode of the Benchmark Podcast. I'm so excited to have my guest here, Quinn Peterson of QP Designs and many other projects. Uh, we, we started out with... A simple question I thought of, how would you like me to introduce you? What titles and what uh, roles would you like me to use? You said, oh, just try. Let's see where it goes. So here we go. Here's my attempt at describing uh, Quinn to the listeners. Uh, Quinn's a creative. He's a designer. He's a small business owner. Uh, he's a home renovator. He's a lover of uh, crafts and things and oddities, a uh, lover of animals has his own zoo. <laughs> I think I've gone far enough. Quinn, why is it so hard to describe who you are and what you do? Yeah, I, that's a great question. Um, it, it we I just had this this conversation of trying to define what it is that I do this uh, this summer. Um, my wife's aunt, she's a full time artist, and she she's always following what we do on social media and she's always really excited to see the new developments, the, the, the koi pond, the little aviary build out, the greenhouse, whatever we're doing. And she was in town and she wanted to see our place to see all the updates in person. And while she was here, she spent the whole time trying to put me in one of those boxes. And <laughs> she just kept asking me, Quinn, what are you, what do you do? Uh, what, 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 what do I call this? And she's taking pictures of all the things around the property. And, uh, she's asking me, well, 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 what do you call yeah, the way that you've created this koi pond to look organic? And it's like a Japanese garden, but it's like, it, it's like an artist, but with animals, but then you have a business. So anyway, um, I, I don't really know. And, um, it, if I were to try to summarize it myself, I'm extremely passionate about everything that I get interested in and I run with it and I don't really care where it takes me. And, um, I just run with it and run with it. And sometimes it, it monetizes, you know, uh, I really care about customizing my life. And I think that's the most basic summary and, a handful of different times, this has turned into a business. Um, the first one was, you know, in high school, I was a dorky little skinny kid. And so I always had to customize my wardrobe to fit me. Um, I cared a lot about my clothing, but I was super skinny. I didn't have money to buy anything fancy. So I bought weird old stuff and I learned how to sew so that I could tailor things. And, and as I prepared for my mission, I realized, uh, I was going to go serve two years talking about, you know, God and wearing a suit with a shirt and tie every day. And as I was out uh, visiting with people, I wanted to make sure I still had some of that identity. And so I wanted to make sure that my neckties uh, were not just crappy neckties. Hmm. And when I ran around trying to find the best things, I just, I just couldn't. And so I decided to find cool old textiles from old curtains here. And I was going to make my own pattern so that they fit me better. And they were a little bit longer because 
I'm six three, but I have a really long torso. Uh, and so I need like a really long necktie. And so <laughs> the shape of the tie, the texture of the tie, like it didn't work. So I made my own. And while I was out visiting with people, they would be super impressed by these ties and they'd say, Oh, I'd totally buy one. But it's mostly just, I was a dude and I made it myself and they don't think guys know how to sew and <laughs> they were impressed. And so they say, Oh, I'd buy it. But if it actually was sitting in a store with a price tag on it, would they really buy it? That's mm. a very different, that's a very different question. So, you know, um, when I got to college and, uh, I had this dating life for a while and, ups and downs in relationships. And I realized, man, I hate feeling so dependent on my relationship status. I'm just going to fill my evenings with hobbies. And mm. so I turned this necktie thing into a business and I've always done, I've always just like customized, you know, every vehicle I'll, I'll do interiors on it. I'll do reupholstery on my motorcycles, uh, you know, my wardrobe in general, or, you know, my watch collection, you know, I, this is an old Seiko from the eighties. It's an automatic dive watch, but I went in there and it changed out the hands and the bezel and I got this rally strap band. So, you know, every little thing I do, I want to customize and a couple of these paths have turned into revenue. And one of them is the clothing company. And as I kind of put roots down in Provo, um, I began customizing my home and my home to me is a lot more than like my bedroom. It's a lot more than my house. It's a lot more than my property. It really kind of grew into a community focus. And as I really cared about the community that I'm a part of, you know, that turned into another job for me where now I run downtown Provo Inc, which handles tourism, policy, public art, just making downtown better. Um, and, you know, and there's been a few other things like as I've acquired pets, you can see Lucy behind me here. She's our large bearded dragon that we adopted from a from a house where someone was evicted. They left her in the house. We've got loads of these critters around the property. Wow. And we've made we've made an Instagram and a URL called Provo Zoo. And we just finished some branding this weekend. We're, we're actually going to make a little website where we sell products. So, you know, and you know, a lot of it, they're just passion projects for me. I don't really care if, you know, Provo Zoo actually makes any money because it's not a real zoo. It's just that we have a lot of pets. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it's taking these passions, whether it's for my community or for my wardrobe or these critters um, or like right now I'm spending a lot of time on vehicles. Uh, I think finding the opportunity to turn these passions into something that's scalable and something that you can monetize. Um, I, I have kind of successfully done that a couple times and you know, I've failed at it a couple times. Yeah. And I love everything about your answer there. And I think the more that the internet becomes, you know, a way that people are making money, the more that jobs become something where it's like, maybe you, you don't have one job your whole life. You've got a number of different things. You're kind of the epitome of what a lot of people call the multi hyphenate, right? So you're not necessarily identified by a single thing. I've struggled with that same thing myself because I was a producer and then a writer. And then now I'm like hosting podcasts and running a course platform and creating a business with my brother. Like there's all these different things. I think sometimes you choose one just for the sake of the conversation, right? So you don't need the the 10 minute yeah. introduction for context. But so sometimes I'll lead with, well, yeah, I'm a writer. I've, you know, self-published a couple of books or yeah, I'm a TV producer. I work on this TV show or whatever it may be. So it's, it's just refreshing to hear you talk about it. And it's completely normal. Like that's your life. That's the way you've chosen. And you've managed to be successful at it. And I, even want to question the way I just phrased that because manage to be successful. It's like, well, no, that's, I think that's the way forward now that people need to become a very unique uh, entity because my guess is you're going to be hard pressed to find another person with the exact same interests and businesses and hobbies and passions as you do. And so you've kind of cornered the market on being Quinn Peterson, right? <laughs> so yeah, very sure. cool to hear. Um, 
I'd love to dive into one or two of the things that you talked about there, though. Um, when you have these creative projects, um, you know, turning turning an animal collection into a zoo and creating a brand around it, or um, you know, you do a lot online about showcasing the the renovation work that you're doing, whether it's on your vehicles or on your your backyard studio or your kitchen or whatever it may be. Um, where, where in that process do you realize or decide to kind of turn it into more of a business? And you talked about scaling it up, monetizing it, those kind of things. I'm sure plenty of people who are watched, listen to this are going to go, well, okay, I have a hundred passions too, but I don't make any money at them. What's that process look like for you? Is, is it a conscious thing or do you just let it happen? Like, talk to me more about that. Um, yeah, I think the, the first step is putting it out there. It's about opportunities constantly. Um, I'm going to give you a roundabout answer that I think is the most ap- appropriate, but it'll take a second. Um, <laughs> in, in, in my passion about downtown, um, one Sorry, thing that I really, passionate about what I coughed over. in my passion. You're good. You're good. In my passion about downtown, uh, I really cared about our elected officials. And so uh, uh, four years ago-ish, when there was a new um, mayoral candidate running, there were a handful of candidates. We were hosting debates. We wanted the business community to have a voice about who got elected. And so we started to do Q&As with the different candidates and all the business owners um, and really kind of get to know who these people were. Well, the candidate who was leaving, he'd done a great job for the business community and for creating a downtown and letting it really grow and thrive. And um, so I was kind of checking in with him regularly about, you know, how he thought things were going, what some of his priorities would be if he were to stick around. And I asked this question to every candidate. I said, you know, the last mayor, he spent a lot of political capital on getting a robust public transit done. A lot of people were mad about it, but it needed to, needed to happen. What will you guys do? What will you spend your political capital on when you're here? And um, they all had a different answer. Some of them were good. Some of them were bad. When I went back and I asked um, the current mayor what he would do if he stayed, his answer meant a lot to me. And it has guided a lot of these things uh, for me since then. He said, every morning I knock on a door. And if the door doesn't open, I knock on the next door. And if that door doesn't open... I knock on the next door and it might be a door that's been closed for 15 years, but it opens and that's the direction I go. And so for me, you know, I have all these passions, whether it's, you know, doing stuff with critters or home renovations or clothing or, you know, all all these are downtown or all these different paths. I think what's important is I'm always putting things out there and what will happen is every once in a while, a door will open. And I need to to decide, do I go this path? Because if I began all of this by saying, I want to go through that door and I'm going to figure out how to get through it, I'd be banging my face against that door for years and it may just not open and I waste all my time. So I think it's important that, that, yeah, you're passionate about different things and you put yourself out there so that doors open. And you're willing to adjust and pivot and run through those different open doors as they come. Because just as an example, um, when I bought this house and I started to customize things, one of the first projects I undertook was the treehouse. And we built this treehouse out of old recycled windows. And um, it, it was a fun project, but I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> and it, it's really cr- crummy. Like, I just, I had two power tools and I didn't know how to precisely frame a wall with a sloping roof and, you know, build a door frame inside a sloping roof with just all this garbage was just so inaccurate. (laughs) Um, But I did it. And once it was done, you know, 
we start uh, some blogs reached out and they did some photo shoots and stories. And because the blogs reached out, then I had publishers reach out. And so we had these books that paid us to have photos in their publications. And then we had a little peer one did a commercial in there. And, you know, the, a lot of these local companies have done their staff photo shoots in there. And so it, it has actually turned into a revenue generator because those doors just started opening. <laughs> now, that time has ended and we don't get those calls as much as we used to. Um, but it was neat that I just wanted to build a treehouse, And so I built a treehouse. I told some people about it and all of a sudden all these doors opened. And, you know, I think that there's a way in your little universe to not just allow one door be the path, but allow that one door to positively affect all of your other doors. Because whenever someone wanted to do a bridal shoot in our treehouse or a magazine shoot in our treehouse, my answer would be, sure, you can do it and it's free as long as you use my products and you send me the photos afterwards. And so if we come, if they come in here and they would do a bridal shoot, um, I wouldn't charge them, but they would use my bags, my neckties, you know, hats, whatever was appropriate. And then I suddenly get tagged in all these posts and then I have content I can repost. And so there's a, it's turned into an awesome opportunity where when there's a men's shoot that wants to borrow one of my trucks or my motorcycles for, for a photo shoot, I say the same thing. Hey, use my, use my products and give me the photos. And now I have additional content and I've been tagged on these additional platforms and there's a whole new world now that knows about my brand. Um, so I think it's put yourself out there, wait for the doors to open and then recognize opportunities because one door doesn't necessarily mean you can't be profiting through this other path as well. Man, ton of wisdom in there. I'm loving this. Um, I want to ask one more follow-up because I, if I'm listening to this, I'm going, well, what does that actually look like on a day-to-day -day basis? But also I'm curious, you know, have you, do you give much thought to an end result, so to speak, a destination that you're trying to get to by opening doors and walking through them? Or are you okay with, again, I'm putting my framing around this because I think very linearly, like that's the destination, this is the most direct path, but do you have a sense of where you're trying to get with all of the different projects that you work on? Or is it just you really uh, enjoy the variety and the uncertainty of where's today gonna take me? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I have to acknowledge right now that I am a, in a very, very fortunate situation where I have the ability to be a little bit more loose about where things take me. Um, I, I had an awesome opportunity at a young age to have a, a pretty successful little sales job for a while. And in that sales job, it allowed me to buy this home. This home was abandoned when I bought it. There were birds on the windows. It was really rough shape. And I got it for a crazy deal. And I spent all this time renovating it and turning it into something great. And now, you know, we have renters and that covers our mortgage. And at the same time, I was able to pay off our cars and debts. And so what, what's happened, that was now eight years ago. But that gave us kind of a foundation for our family so that we were flexible to take more risks because I have less overhead to be concerned about on the home or the vehicles. And so it does allow me to run a little bit and be a little more flexible with my passions without being so desperate to pay bills. Um, now, obviously we still have bills to pay bunches <laughs> of them. And so things still do need to monetize, but it has allowed me to be a little more flexible with uh, a little bit less desperation uh, to pay those bills. And so um, the other thing I would say on top of that, when I had this opportunity where I had, I had a lucrative job that helped set this kind of foundation, um, I also realized that I hated my life during that time. <laughs> and it was such high stress. It, I ended, it ended in a crazy lawsuit for three and a half years where, you know, when, when so much money gets involved, it just becomes such a cutthroat world. Mm. And, um, I've realized that was really cool and fun to have that money and to drive this cool sports car and everything. But like, 
I would rather live on way less and have fun all day than have lots of money and feel like I'm going to get sued, you know, or have to defend myself in court. Wow. So. Very cool. I, I feel like we're at a good point to maybe make a transition into talking about your creative life and your businesses, but man, there's, I want to go back and listen to all this and take some notes because I feel like for those that are watching or listening after this is all recorded and posted on the internet, there's a lot of similarity a lot of overlap with a lot of people who are, who call themselves creatives. They have not just one singular passion. They have a lot of things that they love to do. And this idea of being open to, yeah, you got to take the action of knocking on the door. It's not that the doors open to you and reveal themselves. Right. Um, as, as the mayor, you were talking about your story, talked about some of them have been closed for 15 years, but he would still go every day and knock on them just to check. That's an action that they, he was taking on a daily basis. Right. So that story, that idea of getting up, doing the work and taking the action, I think is really important, but also being okay with, well, this doesn't directly lead to my big thing or get me this one outcome, but maybe it, maybe by chasing it for a little while or experimenting or checking in on that passion, you discover that there's a a new market for it or a new audience for it or a new direction that you could take it that all of a sudden it becomes this new thing and you'll never know that if you don't try. So that's kind of my takeaway from it. So thank you for all that. It's just very cool to hear you talk about it because you're living it every day. Um, so for the sake of time, though, I do want to uh, make sure I'm not going to take too much of your day to day. What's something that you would like to get a breakthrough on in your creative life or one of your businesses or projects? What's something that you've been trying to get and maybe struggling with a little bit? What, where can we get you a breakthrough or attempt to get you a breakthrough? Yeah. Um, so I'll put this out there in two different regards. It's the same question for two different doors. Um, when I started the clothing line, QP collection, we created it in 2010 and something that worked out really well for us was I jumped on the Instagram game really early and we were producing handmade goods at a limited quantity. We were, we were posting about that. We were getting a lot of traction and we were really growing our Instagram quickly. And we got up to like $28,000, excuse me, 28,000 followers in, you know, in a pretty short amount of time. Um, and what would happen is I could post about, hey, we just made 30 of this limited product. Um, they drop today, uh, you know, check out the website and, and we'd sell them all in a couple of days because we had gained all these followers. They really cared about what we were doing and it converted. And so when I left the sales job I mentioned, and I went for four years full time on the clothing line on QP. And in that time, you know, we were surviving and I was able to pay my employees and myself. It was tight and it was hard and it was super scrappy, but we were, we were making it. Um, and then Facebook bought Instagram. And for me, the big kind of spiral to where now QP is on life support was the fact that those followers on my Instagram no longer see my posts. They don't see my posts unless I pay Facebook. And so all I can do a post and I get 600 people are the impressions I get. You know, we get like 80 likes, we get like three visits to the website. And so all of a sudden I'm, I'm living in a new world where I can only successfully use social media if I pay someone $2,000 a month and I spend another $1,000 on ads every month and I do that for six months in hopes that six months down the road, it starts to monetize and return on those ads and then I can pay my bills. And so um, kind of where I'm at with QP is, we, you know, we still make sales. We still have a handful of followers. We still have a lot of people that love what we do. Um, but I, I now do all the customer service, Instagram shipping myself. And I do it in the evening. I get home from all my other jobs. And, um, you know, it, 
it's it's a passion project now. I, I really care about it. I'm always going to do it because we employ, you know, right now we have four stay-at-home moms that sew for it. Well, five now that we have our new knit caps we just started doing. So we have five stay-at-home moms that sew for us. And then I have a couple guys that do leather and beard oil and stuff that work from home. And I'm grateful that I'm able to employ those people, but it doesn't make any money for me right now. And, and it's sad because we have such a massive skeleton for a large company because we've built out this website. We've got all these emails. We've got all these Instagram followers. We've got boatloads of uh, photos and ads and content and products. And we really have this great, big, robust system, but the heart's been ripped out for us, which was Instagram. And so it's trying to bring new life into that or completely replace that heart with something new. And so, um, getting, um, Instagram to convert is, is a question, but it doesn't need to be the solution because I know everyone's telling me to just convert and do everything on TikTok now, cause that's the new Instagram. Um, now the problem is I just feel like an old man and I hate the concept of TikTok and I'm resisting, <laughs> uh, and maybe that's my downfall right there. Uh, but, I, I know there's a lot of kind of peripheral things that could be discussed as solutions and options, but, but for me, Instagram is what drove us. Uh, and when Facebook bought Instagram four or five years ago, it just started plummeting and uh, it's just been more and more difficult to monetize because now you've got to pay for people to see your stuff. Um, and it's, it hasn't been sustainable. Wow. That, that's, I mean, that's a lesson in business right there. Just what you were talking about over the last, what did you say, 10 years? When did you start QP? Yeah, 2010. Yeah. So yeah, Instagram, very different 10 years ago, even five, six years ago. But I think a lot of business owners who have been around for a decade or more can relate. You know, when there's there's been a number of times, whether you're talking about YouTubers who create videos or people who built their businesses off of Facebook pages or Instagram accounts where a platform could come in, make a single change and wipe out half of their followers or, you know, make it to where you can't access your audience anymore. And it's now one tenth what you originally were getting. Cause if you got 28,000 people and you're getting 600 impressions, that's very clear data that like it's not working anymore. You essentially have 600 followers, which is very yeah. different from 28,000, right? So if you're, I, I love this. It's a great uh, launching off point. So what I'd like to do is kind of transition over to this um, app that my brother and I have been working on this summer because I use this in my own business to kind of diagnose, well, where are the constraints in my business? Where are things working or not working? And where's the one place that I could put my focus and make it so that that part of the business is no longer a constraint. So what we're talking about here, honestly, it sounds like marketing. So I'm going to switch over to this marketing tab. And yes, as you're looking at it, it's a spreadsheet. The goal of this is to ultimately turn it into a web application that it, you know is a subscription service kind of thing. But for now, it's a spreadsheet, which is kind of awesome um, because it makes it really flexible. You can go in and kind of tweak it like a, a spreadsheet. So essentially what this tab of this app does for you is allows you to zero in on the parts of your marketing system that are essential and the things that you kind of have to keep track of, right? Because if you don't know what the actual data says, then you're kind of just saying the things that you believe are happening without really being able to substantiate it. So you've done a good job by saying, you know, I know what my impressions are. I know how many people are liking things. I know how many clicks a post will, you know, will result in people coming over to the website, which is ultimately the goal of social media, right? You're probably equal parts branding and awareness and things like that. But ultimately, if you're a business, you're using that as a way to drive traffic or pull people from social media over to your website. So what I would want to look at is like, okay, well, what part of that is working or what part is not working? Because if you can identify the constraint in that process, then you can start affecting it. You can start making taking actions on a consistent basis to try to change the outcome that that system is producing. 
I know I'm talking in a lot of like flowery business language, but I'm trying to use those words to be specific and accurate as well. So hopefully that's okay. So here's how I would I would use this to help with your situation. And I'm what I'd love to see is, you know, where in there is is there like an aha moment or something that you weren't maybe not tracking before? And we'll just kind of walk through this quickly. So you can give me real numbers or fake numbers. It doesn't matter to me if you don't want to be uh, revealing the specific numbers. But in a in a normal week, um, how many videos or blogs or posts for QP are you putting out there? Not many. Um, the, the, yeah, that, this, this is another part of the problem is as Instagram has, <coughs> and algorithms have changed and i think also as we have a younger generation using them now and they interact with internet differently basically mm -hmm. 10 years ago to now instagram very very different yeah and so back in the day it had to be extremely clean curated uh sterile professional photos consistency that was my content and so that's what i'm still doing um so i probably put out I try to post every day. I probably end up doing about five posts a week and, and that's it. And you know, very little stories. Interestingly, the inverse of this, um, <laughs> and you don't need to go down this path is my personal account because I started doing that because it, it was a relief for me to not have to curate everything. Right. I thought I'm going to make a personal <laughs> account. So I just post garbage that I don't care how it looks and I don't care who follows me and whatever. And my engagement on my personal account is like, 10 times my business account, which has now, I think we're at 23,000 followers right now on the business account. Uh, but, but my personal account's got, you know, 1500 followers. And so it's interesting because it, I'm afraid to pivot <laughs> to post all these kind of minutia behind the scenes stuff on the business account, because that's what I used to despise. And that's what my people used to despise. But now I'm wondering, should I be posting more of just kind of trivial behind the scenes. Here's how, here's what I'm working on today. I, I don't know if, it, I don't know if that's the same, the same audience on those two accounts. <laughs> I almost just want to pause and let all of the stuff you just said sink in a little bit. Cause I mean, you know, your business better than I do. And the whole point of this uh, exercise is to get you to kind of uncover some answers for yourself. But I mean, my my quick reaction to what you just said is from an outsider's point of view, if you're doing something that has 5% of the audience size from your business, but it's got more engagement, that's a very strong signal that the thing you're doing with your personal account works with at least that audience. So if I'm a consultant, I would come in and say, well, why not try it? because you got tons of stuff that you could show behind the scenes of with your QP collections, right? You could go and film someone making a leather bag or putting a tie together or the, the scouting for uh, materials and where you're finding it off of couches and off of um, blinds or not cur curtains and off of all these different places where you find your limited material. You're not going and buying something from Joanne's Fabric that anybody could buy. That's your whole thing, right? So I can immediately see that it would be an easy thing for you to do because you already know how to like film the process of doing a project and kind of showing the work, showing the behind the scenes, I think only makes the, the product more valuable because you're showing people that this is not just something you can buy at men's warehouse, right? Um, so a couple thoughts there, but I think you're on to something, but I, I want to use this tool to show you how you can prove whether or not that's a way forward. So let's go back to this really quick and we can just kind of knock out these couple of numbers. So you got five posts a week on average. How many views you said you were getting about 600 impressions per post? Is that accurate? Yeah. So let's call it 3000 views. And we have to always take these things with a little bit of a grain of salt, right? Because maybe a thousand of those views are just the same person, the same sure. thousand people three times. Like we don't really know, um, depending on what platform you're talking about. Yeah. Google so analytics will tell you those things, but yeah. What my post from yesterday, 
599 impressions. Okay. 27 likes is all. And so, I mean, it's, it sits right around there. Yeah. The post from a few days ago, 672 impressions, 10 profile visits. So, I mean, yeah, it hovers right around there. Five profile visits from the post from last night. So yeah, yeah it's 605 profile visits. Yeah. Okay. What's your total number of followers right now on that one channel on Instagram? Is it 28? You said. No, no, it was, and part of the problem with the switch was uh, the algorithm. Just they've been losing and losing and losing and losing and losing. So we picked it up, and we've trying to come back. So we dropped all the way down to twenty thousand. Right now, we're at twenty two point one thousand. Okay. So, and then, do you have the? Do you have an idea of how many sales in a given week come from directly from your Instagram posting and your Instagram audience? Um, no. Um, I could check stuff like that, but okay. one thing that is interesting, I don't know if can you still see me while I'm looking at another page? Yeah. Okay. Um. One thing that is really useful that I have noticed in as a trend for the past 10 years, conversion on my website, I get about a dollar per site view. And that's, I, you know, we sell a, a relatively high dollar item and we don't get a lot of site views unless they're really looking for us because I don't do a lot of additional marketing. Mm -hmm. So the formula that we have right now has <coughs> relatively high conversion once someone gets to the site. Nice. Um, yeah. So it's about, it's about a dollar per site view is okay. what we're doing. So um, if you were to quickly maybe do some math, cause we could just put in a thousand dollars right here and use it as an example, but I think it's more helpful if we use your numbers. So do you have an idea out of yeah. what, what percentage of your sales come from Instagram and how much is that in a given week? All right, let's see. So right now I'm looking 55. Oh, that's a social network. I don't know about sales. I'm seeing 55% of my of my social media referrals came from Instagram. Okay. Um, one thing that's difficult for us to sort of wrap our heads around, 30% of my annual sales are international. Nice. Um, and so we have a handful of like accounts and apps. I literally don't know what they are <laughs> that people come from. They're international. Yeah. Makes uh, sense. So I don't know. It says 55% were from Instagram. I don't know if that's of all or yeah. It's okay. So I'm going to throw out some hypothetical numbers and you can correct sure. me or not, but this is how I would use the app, right? So if I had... 2000 sales, $2,000 in sales in a week and 55% came from Instagram, then, and this is what I'm focusing on right here. I would say, okay, for easy math, let's say a thousand dollars in sales came from those five posts, the 3000 views and the total number of followers. Right. And so we can right. just start what the app will do is start breaking down some of these um, data points for you. So you could say, okay, I make about five cents per subscriber or I make, you know, 30, $333 per thousand views of my content or per post I'm doing about $200. So, okay, well, where do you go from there? If you're using the app, then what you can do is choose one thing to focus on. So not the entire process, right? but it gives you four potential things you could look at. You could increase the number of posts and see if the revenue per post stayed the same. Because if not, then we are starting to zero in on where the bottleneck or the constraint is, right? So say next week you doubled the number of posts to 10 and you had 6,000 views, so that stayed the same. You actually added some followers, so now we're at 22,200, but sales stayed the same. Well, then where do we go? What do we do with that, right? The revenue per post was cut in half. So it was the revenue per thousand views, but the revenue per subscriber stayed the same. So you can start to see how you can start tracking a single action. 
Because all you did there was say, I'm going to double the number of posts and see what happens. Well, okay, interesting. Well, what if instead of doubling the posts, you decided to um, change the call to action on the end of the post or change the format of the post? So maybe it's still five, but you're doing five stories. So instead of 3,000 views, it went to 5,000 views. And you know, let's keep the follower number the same for right now. And because that went up, your sales went to 1,800 for the week. You see how it's starting to show that like a single action taken, you can then check and verify, did that action change anything? Sure. And for a week, a month, a three months, whatever period of time, you can focus on one thing and see if it changes the, the results. Because the point of this is not for me to say, hey, what I think you should do is go and double the number of posts. Because I don't know, maybe the maybe the revenue stays flat, and you're just doubling up the amount of work you're doing in the course of a week. Well, that's not great, but this app in one week's time will show you with data that result. Oh, I doubled the number of view or doubled the number of content I put out and got no extra sales. Well, that's not the answer. The constraint right. is not the number of posts; it's somewhere else. So maybe it's the views, maybe it's the number of clicks to the website, right? So I would use something like this to see if, if you can kind of play with it and go, all right, well, how do I get more views per post? What something, yeah. you know, you could, you could figure that out for yourself. How do I increase the follower numbers? Can I do a giveaway where you have to tag somebody or you have to follow? Can I, you know, and see if the just increasing the follower numbers, changing nothing else, does the per, does the revenue per subscriber go up or does it go down, stay the same, <laughs> right? So right. by taking the plethora of things that you could possibly do with regards to Instagram and focusing it on two or three things and picking one, you then have a way forward to go, well... I don't like the results I'm currently getting from my business. So I'm going to do one thing about it and see if it changes. So you, you looking at this and listening to all of my rambling on what comes to mind, what are you thinking about as you're processing all this in real time? <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's a good idea. I've never act. I've never this accurately, measured over a period of time, different tweaks or changes. Um, some low hanging fruit that I know needs to be done is an easy hack around paying for more stuff is I sponsor a lot of people on Instagram and that, and that always becomes a way to grow the engagement and the followers. And I just need, all of our new products, like these hats, they're, they're still new enough. I don't have deep enough inventory to start sending out free ones to sponsors yet. Mm -hmm. But the goal and hope that soon I do, and that begins to increase the new followers and new followers have higher engagement. And so I think for me, that's step one. And I will be curious to see how that affects some of my baseline right now. Um, yeah. And then what kind of content could be done because I don't utilize the stories very effectively on our current, on my business Instagram. And that is what is so successful on my personal Instagram. So thinking about how I might be able to engage the stories more effectively. Okay. That's awesome, man. Those are two like really solid steps that you could take to change the results you're getting from this business. And what I would strongly suggest is that you, you validate whether or not it's working. Because the thing that I hate most, and I'm sure right. most creatives just cannot stand, is when you're putting in all this work, you're working hard, right? You're putting in the time and the effort. You're mentally just focused on your business all hours of the day. And you get to the end of the week and you got nothing to show for it. And that's, that's like a knife to the heart because you're pouring your heart and soul into your business, into this passion 
trying to make the world a better place by making stuff and it's not working well maybe it's working you just don't know because it's it's not something you're tracking or maybe you're just like one step away from it because well it wasn't the number of content it was the type of content just shifting from posts to stories i personally am really curious to see how the views go, what the engagement looks like, how many more clicks because you've got the easy swipe up function right right there. So it's more accessible under someone's thumb to be taken over to your um, to your store. You know, if you like you were talking about, if you were just able to double the number of people coming to your store, you right. might double the revenue. So is the way to to get twice as many people coming to your store through more posts or a different type of post? Is it by getting more views per post? Is it getting more clicks per post? Like where, where is the current constraint? And right. honestly, it might just be that, well, Facebook and Instagram are throttling the reach of my stuff. So, okay, well, if that's a reality, if that's a constraint, you don't have control over that one. So you got to look at where you do have control and where you can affect the outcome, which is more revenue in this case. So... Thank you, first of all, for, you know, sharing your business with us and kind of how all that looks on your end. Um, for being a guest on the show, I'm actually going to send you a free copy of this tool. And there's there's a lot in this. So you could look at content marketing or email marketing or track your, your advertising spends. You can look at your sales funnel from your website, like how many people are coming to the site, signing up for an email list, clicking back and purchasing. You can track very simply your finances, your expenses and your revenue for given time periods. And the app, when you start doing that, it'll start telling you, giving you feedback on where you should put your focus. So we were looking at that tab in marketing and saying, well, I don't know, maybe I'll focus here on the posts or here on the views or here on the followers. The cool thing about this tool is that when you go to this scorecard, it'll actually highlight for you where you can put your focus because the things that are red means that it's a constraint for your business and what it's highlighting right now granted we haven't put in any of your benchmarks your data as far as like where you're starting from but this is a perfect example of okay the thing i'm focusing on right now is marketing you know the number of um the the revenue number is great but it's this total views that needs some work. So I'm going to focus my efforts on getting more views per post. Well, there you go. Now you've got a very specific action you can take for the next week. And then you can test and verify using the tool to see if it actually got you the result you wanted, which is more revenue. So that's a little bit of overview for you, but I'm going to send you a copy of this and you have, you have it for life. So when we turn into a a SaaS app where it's a subscription model, you're going to get grandfathered in for being a guest on the podcast. So um, I, I, I'm i sitting here internally processing, man, there's some great stuff that Quinn got from this, but I feel like I should maybe externalize that. Quinn, what was like the, the big takeaway for you from this conversation? Yeah, I think that could be extremely helpful because I think you know, feeling like there are obstacles uh, and feeling like I kind of know what they what they are is overwhelming to wonder what what is the solution, what is the step necessarily. Um, you know, it working with downtown, it's frustrating how often COVID comes or a construction project comes and the businesses go, oh. Uh, you know, the construction project put me out of business, mm. which, which I know wasn't necessarily true. <laughs> it's they were already struggling and it's easy to point a finger. But the difficulty is I, I am one of those businesses and I do the same thing where I go, well, I was doing great until Facebook started monetizing all my posts. And now they don't <laughs> let my customers see my thing. And so screw them. And it's not my fault. I'm literally um, applauding you so right now. Really easy to- <laughs> <laughs> It's huge. That's a it's huge easy to sort of, breakthrough. Yeah. It's, it's easy big, to sort of man. fall into that hole of being like, oh, it's 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 beyond my control and uh, it's someone else that ruined things for me and it's not my problem. And so 
it's easy to sort of become apathetic and let it let that take over and kill your business. Yeah. Well, it's it's certainly easier than taking responsibility for the results of your business and saying, well, I'm going to work on the things that I have control over. And, right. you know, I, I would throw in like, hey, let's look at some email marketing strategies for you and your business. So you have a platform, a, a messaging, a way to message your people without needing to go through an intermediary like Facebook or Instagram. But that's maybe a conversation for another day. But um, I really appreciate you coming on. And I, I want to just kind of hang a lantern on one thing you said, which is just taking that responsibility is such a huge step because it's really easy, especially this year, not to make anyone feel bad about the situation they find themselves and their business in with COVID. But it's really easy to say, well, COVID wrecked my business and that's why things are the way they are. Well, yes and no. You're, you as the business owner, whether you're a solo business or you run a business with 30 employees, you're responsible to adapt and change and take responsibility and take action. And so my hope is that using a tool like this or at least understanding the principle of focusing on the things you actually have control over is going to get you there way faster than trying to figure out how to you know, convince Facebook to let more people see your posts. Like you can't control right. that. So focusing on things you can control, you're going to see those results a lot faster. Um, Quinn, I really appreciate you coming on. Where uh, can people find you online? Where can they find your products and your businesses? Yeah. Shout out as many as you'd like. I'll put them all in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, so um, it's QP Collections, and the website is QP Collections. The Instagram is QP Collections. Just my initials, Quinn Peterson, QP Collections, plural. Uh Instagram, Facebook, URL, that's it. And then all the personal projects are Quinchester Mansion. If you don't know about the story about the Winchester Mansion, you should look it up because that's what inspired the name. Uh, Winchester <laughs> Mansion, we're always building. Uh, yeah, and then we run the Provo Zoo Instagram and I run Downtown Provo Inc. DPI, Downtown Provo Instagram. Those are kind of all the places we're working, so. Awesome. Man, thank you so much. Um, for those that are watching and listening, thank you. Appreciate a like and a share and a subscribe. Uh, the big thing, though, is head over to benchmark.app. That's where you can get uh, two things. You can get some free training, and you can get your own copy of the app. So I'm throwing up a link right here, bnchmrk.app. That's us being scrappy and paying for the cheap version of the website and not the $1,200 version of the website. That's how you spell benchmark. That's how you spell it. It's benchmark. Um, benchmark.app. We got a free week of free business training for artists, creatives, freelancers, small business owners that you can sign up for. And you can get your own copy of the app. Unfortunately, not for free because you're not a guest on the show like Quinn was today. Quinn, thank you so much. And uh, I'm excited for the next time we get to chat and hang out. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, man. Thank you again for listening to or watching today's episode. Once again, we remind you to go check out the free training we have for you at benchmark.app. That's B-N-C-H-M-R-K dot app. And learn more about this tool we've built to help people like you get control over the results of your business. Check it out today and get the free training at B-N-C-H-M-R-K dot app.